I'm moving that there is no spoiler talk. Fuck your spoilers. There's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 73, The Rain Wilds Chronicles, book three, City of Dragons, chapters five through eight. And I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Ashley, I'm back, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, I'm a new reader. All right, first up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. First one is a correction. Joey wanted me to let you all know that Ashley doesn't say y'all that much, and he knew it, but he made the choice. I appreciate that. I can embrace a caricature of somebody, but I just feel like I was mildly misrepresented. (laughs) That said, I listened to Joey's recap, and I feel like he did a very good job with the hot trash writing that I produced for this content. So I feel like he really held in there. I thought it was really fun, and maybe we should do that more often. <laughs> Everyone cold read each other's summaries. Oh, God. I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm totally yes. down for it. Last episode of the series, maybe, so I can be part of it. That would be fun. Okay. Hell, next week. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> all right. Or that. Or that. <laughs> also, announcement. For this episode, we are not covering chapter 9 like I announced uh, in episode 72, mostly because I couldn't get my shit together, but also because this will give us a more balanced amount of chapters for the rest of City of Dragons, because there's only 15 chapters in this whole book, and I think we're used to 30 chapters, so we forget. Um, (laughs) So the next uh, episode will cover chapters 9 through 12, and then the last episode covering City of Dragons will be 13 through the prologue, which is also four chapters, so epilogue that's the word that i meant to type thank you <laughs> books are good. Epilogue. we're just gonna wrap epilogue. it right back around that's okay i'm looking through my uh my summary and i've got stuff that's screwed up all over <laughs> you have to read it as is no more no more edits it's due mm. ron burgundy from here on out yep uh and now for mailbag uh david sent us mail to let us know that fitz makes the best rpg character ever quote he tries to be sneaky but often fails and just kills everyone he desperately needs everyone else in the world to love him and tries to remain loyal to his quest giver plus he's oblivious (laughs) (laughs) so congratulations on finding the best template uh, for a character david and i want to know how many of our listeners base their rpg builds on rote characters because they're all pretty i think they're all pretty good All right, next up, chapter five, that's Eli. Take it away. All right, City of Dragons, chapter five of Being Town Trader. Birdmail is another posting of a reward for Elise and Cedric's families for any information about their children. A message is appended from Raoul to Detozi, thanking Detozi for the advice on how to deal with the no good Kim. But in Chapter 5, we are finally lavished with a POV from Hest. Bang! He kicks open the door with a neat label on it. It says, Study Room. 
He takes a look at the curse of writing and smirks. Nerd. Hest is in here for one reason and one reason only. That stupid Alice ran off with that stupid Cedric, and now that he's going to get revenge and sell her wedding gift. An elderling scroll. After a brief glance around his wife's library, Hess sees that the desk is empty and his mind starts racing. That thieving bitch must have taken the scroll with her. And yes, that's why Cedric had suggested it in the first place, so they could run off with it later and sell it. Convinced of their wrongdoing, he nonetheless calls in his cowering servant, Jurd, which is this the same as the other person, Jurd, uh... To go look for the scroll and threatening, and I put XXX if it cannot be found, because I don't, I, yeah, I started writing this before I got to the part, and what is he threatening? <laughs> Death, dismemberment, something, I don't know, new employment. Uh, <laughs> the same employment. <laughs> I don't know. He started threatening Jurd, who's a different Jurd, no relation. Um, I think it's spelled with a, it's, I think it's Ched, C-H-E-D. Chad. 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 Correctly, yes. Chad. Chad. Yeah. Didn't we oh. have another Chad or Chet or Chet? Shade. Chadwick. We had yes. a Chet, I think. Chet? We had a Chet. We yes. had a different servant name. Chad. She's like, can't okay. she can't find new chapter names, and then she's doubling down on the, on the character names. <laughs> they're too. different names. They're just similar. As uh, almost as an aside, Jerd or Chet or whoever lets Hess know that a mysterious man has appeared seeking an audience. And presenting gifts, but also expecting some kind of results from a business arrangement uh, that Cedric had done. So the man turns out to be a young, athletic, well-armed <laughs> Chalcedian with a sick scar on the side of his face. Hest probably would have been extremely attracted, except that he walks in and the man is rummaging through his things in the waiting room. Before Hest can accost the man, he finds himself being interrogated. Deliver what was promised. Every day it is delayed will cost you. Hest orders the man to leave, but the man cuts his hand before continuing the interrogation. The Chalcedian hints that the scar in his face was because he was unable to offer news about Cedric to his superior and that Hest should expect the exact same thing if he doesn't start talking right now. A few more tiny cuts later, and Hest is ready to cooperate, even though he doesn't know anything. Um... From the names involved, Hest guesses that Cedric went on an expedition to get dragon parts for Begosti and to cure to cure the ailing Duke of Chalced. He believes that Elise was plotting with Cedric against him. Hest says as much to the Chalcedian enforcer, who replies that Hest is responsible for what his slave does. In Chalced, we care very little for what is legal in Bingtown. While the thug is recounting what they have that they have lost contact with their agents Begasti and Sanad Arich, who are somewhere in the Rainwilds, Hest tries to make a break for it, but is, gets scared out of it by some rad Chalcedian throwing knife skills. <laughs> and so Hest is cowed into working for the Duke of Chalced. He is to find Begasti and Sanad in the Rainwilds and deliver the Duke's gifts to them, reminding them of their oaths to the Duke and their heirs, that their heirs are still alive. And then the Chalcedian leaves as quickly as he came. Hest learned nothing from the encounter, though, because he then peeks into one of the gifts to see how valuable it is. And inside, he finds a hand. (laughs) A child's hand, which is actually fairly disturbing. It is. I kind of wasn't expecting that. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) They're not messing around. Gotta hand it to her. Oh... (laughs) 
Well, think about it. The Duke of Chelsea like murders his own children. He does. It's not a cool place. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's yeah, a bad he's not really man. Gonna, he's gonna stop at murdering other people's children either. No. Which everybody would just fucking murder him, and then the problem is Honestly, solved. Yeah, it seems crazy. Like he's one guy, and he can't move right now. He's an invalid. <laughs> like, what's the yeah, problem? Yeah, they should just he's so easy. Him. So they should Caesar him so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, Chop him up. Yeah, it's amazing that he hasn't been like taken out by his own people just by how ruthlessly he treats everybody. You'd think that the rest of the society was just kind of the same way. We're just. Yeah, it's not like he has, you know, a secret key or magic that no one else has or like the loyalty of a dragon or something. He's just a no, shitty guy. He's just a frail he's old like man. a human slug yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just that everybody's been conditioned and groomed to like revering and obeying him and so he gets away with it. He's like the fucking yeah. abusive grandfather that nobody like actually calls on their bullshit. It's like no, like yeah, big Walder Frey energy. Mm. <laughs> or not big Walder, regular sons. Walder Frey, not big Walder. I made it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> big regular Walder Frey made it confusing. Big regular Walder. I meant Elder Walder. That's probably someone else. They're all Walders. <laughs> Oops, all Walders. Original uh, so how Walder. Do we... Original. <laughs> He's probably not even the original Walder. Come on. <laughs> the... <laughs> There's a little bit of little bit of a song and ice of in fire humor there. Back to Roteland. How do we feel about finally seeing Hest? Da, da, da. I accidentally spoiled this a couple episodes ago. Sorry. What don't you spoil? Ooh, sick burn. <laughs> I did mention Hest. I mentioned Hest as if he was an upcoming character, and then Alyssa <laughs> called me out. <laughs> I was just trying to sail through it, and then spoiler section started. She's like, ha ha, I saw what you did. I mean, <laughs> I think it was fair to assume that we weren't done talking about Hest, like, or dealing with Hest. And he was going to show up at some point. It's just um, the only surprise is that he's a point of view character, and that I didn't feel like you spoiled that. So, Right. Again, we get to be in the mind of a horrible person. I love it. It's great. He's but super he's paranoid. he's being tortured by a more horrible person. Yeah. So. I love that he got his ass kicked a little bit. He's like, ouch, yes. you sliced my hand. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't feel that. Such brutality. I mean, after, after all of the uh, abuse that he has you know Lobdad are some of our faves for two books now and that they keep reliving I think he really he's getting his just desserts yeah this is really an appetizer maybe but it's the same food metaphor <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I kind of I'm not mad that this guy stormed in was like you're gonna be my bitch now like you're a part of this and I'm gonna haunt you I also enjoy that it's kind of Cedric's doing, even though it's all like, it's just, it's, it's sort of good that it's, he's getting his revenge without realizing it. Yeah. Accidental <laughs> revenge. <laughs> so I just, I need him to actually make it to them again, because I need that confrontation and I need him to like roll up to Kelsinger and be like, you know, all upset at them, and then, and like, you need me, and he, and then they're just like, no, we've got our new boyfriends, it's fine, go away, please. Give me your dragon parts. 
<laughs> We're gonna take my hands. <laughs> I'm like, good. By then the dragons are gonna be like, excuse me, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Relta will just eat him, so I was gonna say, she'll be like, I can has him. Danger. Yes, <laughs> They, they're like three times the size they started out as it's like a dip, it's a whole different it's a whole different match um i like the if you contrast this kind of attempted blackmail with what happened to lestrin who kind of like handled it in a completely different way and didn't really care like he he was just kind of like all right sure and then the guy left and he's like i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> like Maybe Hess doesn't actually have the life experience that he claims since he wasn't, he's never really done his own work. Yeah, I think uh, when he makes Hest lick his shoes and behave like a dog, I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no one did that to Laughter, is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we have the kind of full integration of bird mail with the main storyline. Was it, I mean, they they kind of mentioned a, a previous. Um... Yeah, well, we know that there was some, yeah, that we know that there was a message that had gone mm -hmm. through, but that was just mail. I'm still kind of like peeved that they changed the whole structure of the books to make bird mail i was so i obviously wasn't here last week but yeah i was so confused when i was reading because i'm like wait there's one at the beginning but then it's like there's all the thing that tipped me off was i used the the um like menu on my kindle to jump chapters and when I would go to like chapter one, it would start with bird mail. And I'm like, why? That's not the end mm -hmm. of the chapter. So I don't know. It's very weird. It's yeah, weird. I don't know if it's supposed to like shake us up, you know, like <laughs> in real life to the shake up of like having all this like crap go down or if it was just the kind of like illogical you know, publisher choice <laughs> that like pisses readers off for no it reason. It just signifies Eric and Detozzi's relationship. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, okay, so they've like, that part is over. They're together now. So now we're on to like other types of like information. <laughs> so maybe that's supposed to signify that things are different. I thought maybe there was going to be like more bird mail. Like we would get some at the beginning of a chapter and some at the end of a chapter because everything is just like the pace is kind of picking up. And so we would see. And slowly the books just become bird yeah, mail. Yeah, it's just like bird <laughs> mail all the time. I've got to be I honest. Know, be I really... thought it was like I when it first showed up in the beginning. I was like, "Oh, we're getting double bird mail now." <laughs> I don't know, but I'd be really freaked out if the uh, little intros on the Fitz book suddenly were at the end of the chapter. Yeah. So, like, we're just suddenly reading Fitz's journal, and we're like, "No, I quit. I'm not doing it." <laughs> <laughs> Here starts the attempt at a history of the six duchies. But first, let me tell you all about me. No, my favorite <laughs> foods. <laughs> my favorite color. Brown. My favorite breakfast cereal. His favorite color is is the fool's black and white motley. You know that bitch is eating plain ass bran flakes. 
frosted fools. With like some raw cubed meat, you know, tossed in. (laughs) (laughs) That's like what you, that's like literally like Night Eyes' favorite. Yeah. It's like, give me them little soups with the... (laughs) (laughs) The little soups. Cat soup. (laughs) We feed our cats a brand of food called Lil Soup. I forgot to look that up. I need to... I need to update my Chewy deliveries to have some little Oh, I soups. just got more delivered today. Just got more delivered today. Little soups. Your kitty will <laughs> fucking lose her mind. Maybe we can get Little Soups to be a sponsor. I wish that Cedric had stolen, had had the frame of mind to, to steal, steal the scroll. Them. I know. To steal shit. To just, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, because you know how he, like, kind of dabbled in sort of being, like, an incompetent bad guy and it didn't really go anywhere? It would have been nice if he would have been, like, well, I thought I was going to, like, pull an over on him, but it doesn't matter anymore that I still have this really valuable thing I stole. Like this fancy letter opener and five silk shirts. Yeah, and it exactly. turns out to be like useful in Kelsingra for deciding like where something. People don't have something. shirts. A letter opener <laughs> would have been his little his little dagger. It can, the shirts like, are turn, way more valuable. Turn a statue on or something. <laughs> See, all those shirts and... would be in tatters by now. Yeah, not if he had saved them. Not if he had put them in an oil skin bag. Gosh, yes. <laughs> Safe from the from the alkaline waters of the Rainwild River, and now he has very valuable trading goods that he can trade with the other poor shirtless people around. Him. <laughs> they're he still on that socialism that train. They don't. They're trading for things. Build my hut a roof, and I might give you a shirt. <laughs> Carry my Maybe sticks. The they're so heavy. <laughs> Not heavy sticks. It's got to get ready for date night. Tears all the sleeves out. Just to (laughs) show off. (laughs) Show off his stick carrying muscles. Yeah, he's 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 starting to get skinny ripped. (laughs) It's a thing. They're skinny fat and they're skinny ripped. Yeah. Yeah, starting to get skinny ripped because he doesn't have, you know, he's not eating a lot. They're probably they're eating fish, so he's going to be really lean. There's not going to be a lot of like bulking up. There's no creatine where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like just the the main thing I took away from this chapter was how quickly Hest um, turned the narrative like in his mind to being like they victimized me they're at fault i'm the one being taken advantage of and like i don't know i I found that like kind of fascinating um yeah yeah and it was all initially based on that scroll that he had all along yeah the the narrative of like well they 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 escaped together and it was the whole plan of them against me together and i'm like you think that you've been fucking duping everybody and then you're you're buying into this idea that they escaped together like what the fuck right that they they pulled one over on you you know 
seven years ago, eight years ago, when you first <laughs> hooked up with Hedrick and, like, stole him from the party, like, that was all planned. It was just, like, I don't know, I, I, I think it just showed, I mean, it was a glimpse to, uh, uh, into how insecure Hest really is, which is, of course, why he dominates, you know, other people in the sort of way that he does, is to try and have, like, prove to himself that he has, like, power or relevance or isn't, like, at anybody's mercy or whatever. Um, it was just, it was really interesting how... Um, I think it also indicates that he knows that he treats them poorly because mm -hmm. he, he doesn't, it doesn't even occur to him that they would be loyal yeah. right? because why would they, why would they? Yeah. So somewhere in there, he knows right from wrong and he knows he's wrong. He would never ever admit that, but it's, no, he likes to tell himself that they enjoyed it. Yeah. But you can't trust them, and they have no loyalty to you, so it can't be that great. <laughs> I don't think he believes anybody really has loyalty to each other, though. Because he has such well, shitty relationships yeah. with anybody. Because he would never for anyone else, right? Right. He's like, he did the thing to me that I was going to do to them, but they did it first. Zoinks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is, oh, um, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, Ashley, but I thought you should get a chance to talk about this. Do you have any kind of thoughts about Chalced as a nation and like how it functions in the narrative? Because we, we were actually kind of shocked at how, one, they call themselves Dukes. What are they Dukes of? And where do they mm -hmm. get their power? And two, they seem to just suck like they're killing everyone it's, it's like they're like they're like a one percent they have they're like a they have the one percent which is like the duke and whatever people may kind of be loyal to him and then it's just a brutality you know they're like fucking barbarians they have slavery the duke uses fucking grotesque ways of controlling people which you know is just like trickled down to their kind of society and the fear-mongering and I don't know. It's Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like the fact that he kills his sons, that means that all of his like advisors and all of, you know, like all of his for lack of a better word, demi dukes are probably <laughs> like pushing that shit down to all the rest yeah, of the people for forever sure. and ever and ever. Yeah. And so like their whole society, it's almost like if they weren't like if they didn't engage in slavery, steal like literally stealing like entire populations of people from all over the world and bringing them back to Chalced, what would their population look like? I feel like there's probably not Dead. a lot of actual Chalcedian Chalcedians there. It's probably no. Mostly... Yeah, I think it's it was like a small subgroup of people, and then everybody else has been stolen. Yeah, I think I think and so you know you know how they say in the six duchies, there's always war with Chalced, like. How could there I, not I, be? I'm, <laughs> but I'm also starting to come to, I'm starting to like be, when we read the first trilogy, the second trilogy, when like the Dukes were like, you know, let's go take out Chalced, let's go to war. And like the king and everyone was like, no, that's not, let's not do that. We're, that's not what we want to do. We want to strengthen our alliances with our friends and like leave Chalced alone. I'm kind of swinging over to like the other side, like take the fuckers out. They are weak. Are they weak, though? Like, I feel like they have basically every person who, I don't know the population of Chelsea, I haven't seen the stats or anything, but, like, 
every person there we're would, waiting would, on that supplemental book from robin hobb <laughs> every person there would essentially the be Chelsea a member of their army you know like you're you would yeah, like, truly like be fighting like an entire country Right, but it's a slave army. So what if you say, "Hey, I mean, say if they can liberate the slaves, slave army." I don't know that it's a slave army. I feel like there's probably a lot of like manip, like they're they're. Yeah, but uh, if, if you were, if you went in there and were like, "Hey, this asshole has all of your sons and families, and if we kill him for you, will you stop like enslaving people and like be functional humans?" Like, would that work? I don't know. I'm not. I mean, not if they sent Fitz in as an assassin, but you know, in theory, yeah, <laughs> just Fitz. <laughs> I'm not convinced that you'd be comes able in to through the floor. take that as because how old he, he is Chelsea? He can come through the pillars. <laughs> he can come in through the floor. It'd be really cool. <laughs> the the Chalcedians we saw on the ships and live ship traders didn't seem like slaves to me. Yeah, I feel like they probably have a pretty devout population and. Even like the best but of how the Chalcedians are, are probably not great. That's what I just said. Like, what is what is the population? Like, we don't know how many there are. There could be fucking droves of these people, right? Who could just they are allied with Jamelia, so you kind of have to. It's because like, they're supplying. Well, and their you know, Jamelia right. doesn't stand a fucking chance. I don't have. Right. I don't like, have any they faith in do? them. Yeah, they they're can't like, even feed themselves. Do you want fashions? We'll give you fashions, please. <laughs> Spare <Buttons>. us. <laughs> Throw the buttons out. Buttons. Oh, we're in trouble. We'll hire Chalced. Yeah. We'll hire Chalced. They, they'd let Chalced just like walk in and take over everything in a heartbeat. So, Right. As long as they, they just want their on paper that they yeah. were taking over. But, you know, it's like when you're not keeping it, they're, they are ignoring them and just being like, oh, like we're not going to get up in their face. No confrontation. Let them just be there. This fucking horrible place in the middle of everybody. But that's not serving them well to do that because obviously they're terribly corrupt and they're sending people out to do horribly corrupt things and nobody really has a good sense of what's going on over there. Yeah. I just wonder. I just wonder if they're may if they would be vulnerable to you know, like an a, a large scale just like, all right, we're we're getting rid of you, you're done. We're I figure for like <laughs> Every one Chalced warrior is the equivalent of like three to four warriors <laughs> from another duchy. So I feel it's, like you know, it's just like if the brutality. Bingtown, if Bingtown, the Rainwilds, and six duchies all banded together and were like, "We're gonna destroy Chalced," I feel like do they you could do think it, they especially could? if there's dragons involved. Again, but so how are you gonna get all the there. dragons to fight for? I mean, like, what's in it for the dragons? They get to eat the Chalcedians. They get to yeah, eat them. Food. They, I don't know that it's, that's really Is it good farmland? Snack time. I don't, how many would they really get to eat, though? Because they're just going to acid raid them all. But what if they turn it into like a, a, a park, like a natural park, just full of buffalo <laughs> and sheep and deer? They don't want those woolly sheep. Yeah. They're sticky. Yeah, they don't like the wool. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that hard to convince the dragons to go go fight them just because they, they're like historically the people who poison the dragons. They've already been sneak attacking. I feel like the new dragons would be easier to win, but like Tintaglia, we saw how she. Well, but also if they were like, you know, she's 
they're trying to kill them for dragon parts and be like, well, you don't want to get killed, so let's go kill them. True that. I don't know. Just go kill the- just go vaporize this one guy. <laughs> I feel like Chalcet is like the purge, you know? Like, they're just <laughs> no-holds-barred savages. Well, I mean, you know, I think I think also, like, at least from the point of view of a writer, you need- you need an easily accessible villain that can like get to all the places on your map. So what do you do in the middle of it? You just stick a bunch of like bad guys. Yeah, they are very centrally located. <laughs> they are. It's it's ideal. They're right up in it. Um. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to uh, some old faves. <laughs> Chapter six. Um, wait. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that we are calling out our con- content warnings. Hold. Hold, please. Um, okay, so you've got your chapter six, right? So mm-hmm. you have uh, content warnings for talking about miscarriage and also some pregnancy-related anxieties that just felt, you know, A difficult okay. to read. Yeah. Okay, continue. All right, so chapter six, marked by the Rainwilds. So we have Scandal in the bird mail again. Mail is being tampered with. Wonder who that could be. Uh, Malta herself has made a formal complaint, and Detozi tells Rael to stay vigilant and log everything because the integrity of the birdkeepers is at stake. Dun dun dun. So, surprise, it's a Malta chapter. Blast from the Past trilogy, and I feel like Joey should be here for this. (laughs) (laughs) He usually takes the Malta chapters. Um... So we spend most of the chapter watching Malta attempt to pack multiple wardrobes full of clothes into a suitcase for a trip that's only supposed to last a few days. But you just (laughs) never know what kind of clothes you'll need, which honestly is very relatable. So while Malta packs, the mother-in-law drops by for a visit, something she apparently does a lot, but it is, after all, her treehouse. Johnny questions (laughs) whether Malta needs to go on this trip with Rain to Kasserik, and the two have a brief, well-worn discussion about traveling when pregnant. So many moments I feel like those Keeper boys should be around to listen to. The topic starts getting too dark, so they switch gears. She's going to go to Kasserik. Um, Malta is desperate for news on the Tarman, even if it is just a rumor. Owen shall wear her favorite flame jewels and be regal and daunting to show those self-important upstarts on the Kasserik Council who's boss. <laughs> Johnny's not a fan. <laughs> um, Fashion can be a weapon. <laughs> Uh, there's been trouble with the diggers in Kasserik, and we learn that Johnny's plan to have the tattoo join the Rainwild Society back at the end of Live Ship didn't quite go as planned. The Rainwilders don't treat them all that well, and in return, the tattoo don't want to marry them and help the gene pool. Uh, Malta Why tells... not? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, Malta tells Johnny it's not her fault, that it seemed like a good idea at the time, and well, their kids will be marked by the Rainwilds eventually, so it'll work itself out in the end. (laughs) Which brings us back to the depressing topic of pregnancy in the Rainwilds. Apparently, the midwife has totally freaked Malta out with planning for the worst case scenarios and basically asking her to choose how she wants to handle killing her child if it's too heavily marked, so that's awful. Uh, it's a lot, so Malta doesn't want to cry right now, so she goes back to focusing on her packing, remembering the happier times at the end of the last trilogy, um, when the satrap named her and Rain King and Queen of the Elderlings, even if those aren't really real titles. And now she's smiling, which is just pregnancy hormones, that's all, according to Johnny. 
And Rain walks in at that point, and he goes, that's all, and points out that his mother, like, you know, all mothers are have been bugging them for a grandchild since the moment they got married. Uh, once Johnny leaves, Rain start, tries to start some sexy times by touching that weird crest on her head, but Mom tells <laughs> that was him so no. <laughs> Not until after the baby is born, and well, at least one guy in this story respects that. Um, instead, Rain helps her pack by just shoving an arm load full of clothes into her trunk, and I think it's clear he went to the Fitzgibbery School of Packing. <laughs> <laughs> Off to the lifts they go to meet up with Rain's sister, Tillamon, who is decked out in her veil like she's headed off to Bingtown because there are too many outsiders to stare at her on the lower levels in Treehog these days. Even their lift driver is gawking at her, and Rain doesn't really get it because his changes made him beautiful instead. Um, the ship they're taking is called the River Snake, and I bet it doesn't have legs, so that's no fun. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> um, although, Rain, although it was Rain Wild made and crude, unlike those new ships that they're making as a, some sort of joint venture between Jamalia, Bingtown, and the Pirate Isles, which is just going to bring in more outsiders, and Tillamon is not pleased. But there is a nice-looking Tillerman, which I was like, is that like a thing with her name and then the Tillerman and the Tillerman? Yeah, he's on the River Snake, and he's also yeah. Robin Hobb doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. Anyway, he's also heavily marked by the Rainwild, so she ditches her veil and goes to hang out with him, leaving Rain and Malta alone in the cabin. They chat a bit about Malta's growth arc from the last trilogy and how kissing through veils was fun and Rain picks Gross. up his sister's fun. veil to reminisce. Yeah, that was so <laughs> weird. All I got was like, I was channeling Alyssa, just like, no touching. Like, this is not okay. Well, they weren't it touching. Was so it was so erotic. Veil. It was so erotic. I skipped that word, okay? Um, <laughs> soon tur- talk turns to more serious things, and we're back to discussing just how much it sucks to be pregnant in the rain wild. Rain says he never wants to expose their child just because they're a little scaly, and Malta is relieved because she didn't know she had a choice. So they decide to say, screw the midwife and her warnings and keep their baby no matter what. So, what's the, it's like, what's the, what is the major point of this character? Are they going to make out with the Tillerman? What's he going to name? Tillerman. This guy, what's he doing? He's going to turn left eventually. Left perfect. What's this guy? I don't know. What's another name I've used? Because I don't care. Ched. Chad. John. Shade. Shade. <laughs> the Tillerman of the Tillerman. You know At this point, I would not be surprised if she just trots out like 14 more Fitzes. Just like yeah. everyone. They're all like, who gives a shit? There's Fitz, but then there's Fips. <laughs> <laughs> I just want more characters named Jeffrey. 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 Every time people say Jeffrey, I think of uh, what we do in the shadows. And she's like, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. 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 No one. I think it's the dumbest name. <laughs> Sorry, any Jeffreys listening. We I'm not. I prefer Joffreys. <laughs> All right. Let's go up to the beginning because there's so much. There's just so much in here. All right. So Malta. She's Malta is a Karen. Is she? <laughs> she has, a, she has actual valid points here. I mean, honestly, I feel like she was a child, Karen, but she outgrew it. 
As someone whose bail is consistently opened by people it is not addressed to, I really did actually appreciate the fact that she took the time to lodge the complaint. Yeah. To be like, stop fucking opening my mail. It's not your business. She's nobody's chump. She's going to call him out. Resealing it with inferior wax. How dare they? Inferior wax. That's my favorite part. They kept saying, that's a thing that's been said now since for the last two books. Inferior wax. Got to get that good wax. <laughs> do you think it's bubbly? Do you think the color is not great? Probably is thin. it not sticky? It's probably thin and it cracks. It just comes apart for literally no reason. Just pops right <laughs> off. Just crumbly. Fucking inferior wax. What, and coming from what? Inferior bees? That's not fair. <laughs> Lazy bees. bees. It's not the bees' fault. <laughs> um, so yes, Malta having a little bit of some in-law problems. But I think we kind of knew from the way that Johnny was very, in, you know, integrated into all that courting business that that she wasn't going to Malta wasn't going to go on to just be her own lady right they just live on a branch of the family tree exactly like quite literally I know (laughs) yeah like you don't you don't marry the person you marry the family in in the rain wilds it's too hard to get good real estate otherwise yeah right and I think I think this is also going to be some sort of like an, a little bit maybe internal motivation for Malta to strike out. I want to go. I want to go out. I want to pack my bags because this this isn't my life. <laughs> but I am actually really sad that the tattooed are not are not, not being integrating. allowed to integrate it. Yeah. yeah. Which you'd think that they'd be desperate for, like, extra. I mean, they seemed to be desperate for Bingtown, like, bloodlines. So why not? Why not all these? I, I mean, bits. like, these are, yeah, these are definitely people you're not related to. Like, that's, that's gold. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's not like all of the tattooed were um, actually criminals, you know. Anyway, uh, some of them were just people who had debts or pissed off the uh you know someone with power in jamalia or, or were or just like by happened to walk by yeah. yeah or happened to walk by like some people we know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 sad to think that people who know exactly what it's like to be otherized and mm-hmm. And kept away from the rest of society are not are not able to kind of be that that self critical and think okay well we can't we can't perpetuate this kind of behavior they're actually mm-hmm. building more barriers it's sad I mean it's incredibly realistic but it's also really sad Uh, do we want to talk about the part where she gets her crest fondled? Not really. No. no. Tintaglia did promise her centuries of pleasure. I'm glad that that is proving true. I believe it there. Although she did, she did say she also feels that same thing when uh, he kisses the spot on her neck that Amber left. I mean, <laughs> if Amber left a mark on me, I'd feel a way too. <laughs> 
Oh. That's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's on your face. It's on her neck. No, I know. Oh, no, the, the crest. crest the crest, yeah. <laughs> it's just right there. It's out in the open. What if, like, there's a good breeze? <laughs> Maybe it only works when rain touches it. Oh, I'm sure. No. (laughs) I do recall that rain, when he was introduced, uh, it was heavily uh, described that rain, while touched by the rain wilds, as they say, was done up in in a sexy way. And I am sad that Tillamon... Did, was not similarly blessed yeah well i think we're yeah. i think i remember us talking about that actually um how it wasn't like it, it was uneven even in families with siblings because like rain was very lightly touched enough that he could almost pa- like if maybe if it was a dark night in being town he could pass you know whereas like his sister would never pass like no matter right, what his, i mean his and his mother mm-hmm. you know like that the, they were always described i wonder if it's because Rain spent so much time with the dragons, well, with with Tintaglia, mm. maybe Instead the of clo- just in the city, right? Yeah. Maybe the closeness allowed Probably. him to bond with her, a bond with her in a way that kind of curbed some of the the uncontrolled changes. Maybe, perhaps, or maybe his natural Tintaglia affinity like, for like metal dealing magic, maybe you know, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Tintag- it could just be random. But... Tintaglia was like, if I make him pretty, he'll turn the light on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just grow one arm really long until it can reach the switch. <laughs> um, all right, so we are expanding the cast. We've got Hess now. We've got Malta and Rain. It's nice We're- to see them again. It is. it is nice. And it's nice to see that, like, whatever problems they're having aren't with each other. Like, they're actually a happy couple. They seem mm-hmm. to be thriving in their marriage. Like, that's that's nice. It is nice. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can poke fun at each other, and it's healthy. It's not somebody being a horrible it, monster to another person. It's also nice to revisit characters that we saw ride into the sunset and say, look. They're still doing okay. Hasn't crashed and burned yet. Yep. All right. Chapter seven. All right. Let me compose myself. Would dragon dreams make a good perfume name? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Especially if in the description you talk about the fact that they have sex in the air. <laughs> and yes. their reptilian odors, mm-hmm. and like their gleaming color, eleven thousand feet, and their, their power, metallic. and domination. Yeah, all of it. Chapter seven: Dragon Dreams, a perfume by Ash. <laughs> Burp news: Even fantasy books can't escape quarantine. Tatozi sends Rayal a notice that quarantine measures must be taken immediately to save all the burbs, which are becoming infested with a killer red lice called COVID. But um, bumps. <laughs> Also, fuck the rain. And also, Detozi and Eric will be moving to Bingtown soon, even though Detozi isn't sure, sure she'll fit in. Don't do double shush sh- together. It's very hard. 
Oh, does that mean that Dotozi is marked by the rain one? Oh, she's definitely marked. Because she makes a comment about how Eric doesn't mind any of her markings and pretends they don't exist. The chapter opens with Centara flying high in the sky, post-gorge, looking for some water because dinner was salty. But she's thirsty for something else and can't quite put her claw on what. Fuzzy memories say it should be here in the Silver Plaza for the elderlings to give her. Hmm. But just kidding, everybody. Centara still can't fly. Nope, she's dreaming from her current residence on the ground. In the rain and the wind. In a little shanty that Thamara did a horrible job of building for her. Why didn't she build her a five-star hotel? The lords of the three realms do not live in shanties. Ew. But alas, that's where they are. Despite the fact that the Bebe elderlings want to migrate across the river to have the comforts of the city, and they could, they won't abandon their dragons to do so. Centara feels gratitude for this, and then is quickly disgusted with herself for feeling so. Double ew. Centara slithers out of her little hut, and this is when we learn that she's been practicing her flying in the middle of the night while everyone else is sleeping. She refuses to fail in front of other dragons. And I so very deeply relate to this. As an example, (laughs) in a few weeks, I'll be taking nine team members on a team outing to play disc golf, something I've never done, but I'm very excited about. However, I hate failing publicly, and so I've recruited someone to train me after work in secrecy (laughs) so that when I play with my coworkers, I'll be good. Centara, I ain't mad at it. So she continues her practice until dawn and then slinks back to her shanty before anyone can see her. We jump over to Elise, who is complaining about her free daily commute on the Hebe Express train to Kelsingra. Wee, I got to fly in a dragon. Wee. She's cold. It's rainy. It rains here, you guys. And I think she's more than a little depressed. She realizes that her methodical way of documenting the city in an orderly fashion is too slow because soon Leftern is going to spill the beans in Kassarik and those greedy fuckers are going to come and loot her precious museum of a city. So today, (laughs) Elise decided to spice things up. Fuck this little outer building. Let's go to the good stuff. So off she heads deeper into the city towards grander buildings and she ends up at a theater where she she savagely rips a door handle from a rotted wood door. (laughs) Way to go, Elise! (laughs) As she takes in the theater, she realizes there are figures staring back at her. The figures were the artists of the theater. Tumblers, jugglers, the girl in the rooster crown. She wants to document it all, but then again, why bother? Meh, who cares about their life's work? That's stupid now. So she decides to leave, and she notices some jidzen on the floor. Upon touching it, the room lights up and all the statues jump alive. And I envision it to be like when the animatronic band of rats starts playing at a Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And instead of thinking, damn, this magic is pretty cool, Elise is fucking terrified. And she whispers, no. (laughs) And she freezes on the ground. And she really needs to practice her fight or flight responses for real. But as quickly as it all came to life, the magic fails and everything goes back to normal. She rocks herself gently saying, I saw it. It was real. And again, I'm just kind of confused why all this is so shocking when they literally hear people whispering at them 24-7. Alice <laughs> ventures more through the city and points out some landmarks that we read about before. I honestly can't recap all of it because it's not that exciting to me. And she ends up stopping at the tower for an extravagant lunch of jerky and water and so delicious and after her leisurely 15 second lunch break she schleps through the tower building and up the stairs she tells us lots of stuff but honestly it's like um reading all this is the equivalent of reading an auction catalog and i just kind of really hate it (laughs) (laughs) she also passes some memory ghosts which she does not have a panic attack about 
And we hear about some art depicting elderlings and their dragons, and they're all wearing battle armor, which doesn't really seem great. War, what is it good for? Targaryen. <laughs> when she gets the, to the tippy top, she finds a familiar to us room with a detailed relief map of the city and the remnants of a fire. Fucking Rapskull. Burning a fire in this museum that she has yet to catalog. How dare he? She's going to let him have it later on. Another thing that doesn't seem to scare Elise at all, heights. She goes through the broken glass window onto an outside ledge of the tower in the wind and the slippery rain, and she can see there's a ladder that would take her down to some more rooms that were locked, but she is wise and says, no, I will not be a Darwin Award today. It's getting dark, (laughs) so she decides to dip. As soon as she gets outside, she laces her keys in between her knuckles and runs, because she is a woman going home alone in the dark, and that is simply what one does. Do you think that the room smelled like Fitz's B.O.? <laughs> <laughs> the stench doth linger. Years later. Cannibal. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Rascal getting blamed for Fitz. Poor Fitz is... Well, did, She's so Did Verity break the window? Yeah, was it Fitz that broke the window? Or I think Verity? it was Verity. The window, yeah, it was Verity yeah. who broke the window, and then Fitz started the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because Fitz doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Fitz is like, oh, is this 5,000-year-old wood that has somehow survived? I'm going to burn it. Well, Fitz wasn't an archaeologist, <laughs> and he was kind of in survivor mode, so. He wanted to be a scribe, okay? That's, like, the closest kind of thing like an archaeologist. to an archaeology. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> He should have had respect. It'd be like, hey, cool dinosaur bones. Let me start a bonfire with him. <laughs> I'm going to eat him. <laughs> I wonder what dinosaur marrow tastes like made of soup with it. I'd probably <laughs> chew it. It tastes like a little soup. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Don't feed that to your cat because they will refuse everything. And then what are you going to do? You can't find them like dragon kibble. That's never going to happen. It's happening to my cat right now. Then you'll turn into the Duke of Chelsea and everyone will be <laughs> It's just chicken flavor. <laughs> All right. So Detozi is moving to Bingtown. Big moves. Big shakeup. They decided. They decided. She was like, you know what? Bingtown is better. It's bigger. It has public transportation. And you could hear it's... you could hear it in her voice, though, that she was unsure. She did not sound <laughs> super convinced to me. Bing town, something, something where dreams are made of. <laughs> oh, there's nothing you can't do when you're in Bing town. <laughs> Your life will be brand new. Don't look at you too soon. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I have finished my wine. I appreciate your, uh, <laughs> we don't get to hear you sing enough. I'm glad I was, uh, you know, soothed by yes. your dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah. Give me those. <laughs> give, me, give, give me those awards. Awful. Sorry. I apologize. I'll cut it. You want a Tony <laughs> or a Grammy? I'll give you either one. Um, I don't. I'm not a theater person, so I'll take the Grammy. I want to really? go to that party. I would take a Tony party. Really? Yeah. <laughs> With the people that sing like that? 
like they sing there? All right. When you're in Bing Town. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I'm just gonna I'm just not even gonna be provoked. It's fine. <laughs> Is anyone gonna go see six when it opens in September? Never even it's heard fun. of it. It's the Henry the Eighth's wives musical that didn't get to open because of COVID. Oh. oh I would just watch the Tudors without music. <laughs> Did you know there's a supercut of just the women talking and doing things? Really? Tutors? Yes, it's much better. To cut out all those men talking, it's so good. Well, they're all named Thomas. So. They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Quite literally. Uh, Centara is learning how to fly. Yeah, I definitely related to her um, wanting to to do it not in public. That's actually, like, that's been one of my big growth points in the last year or two is deciding to let people into my learning process and be willing to, to show that publicly as opposed to never, like, doing anything until I was really good at it. And then everyone's like, where the fuck did this come from? And how are you good at it? You haven't said anything. You haven't showed it before. And I'm like, I've been practicing in secret. Damn it. Did I just admit that? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was like, yeah, this is relatable. <laughs> Centara is growing as a, a quote-unquote person, despite all... She had a feeling. I was very proud of her. That uh, She had a feeling that was an anger and rage and <laughs> selfishness. Right. Just think, if she can finally learn to fly, maybe all her problems will go away. Right? I'm like, you lazy bitch, you should be teaching yourself to fly. I kind of hope that it's, like, partially in shame because she was so stubborn about it that she's like, okay, like, I need to do this in private because, yeah. And then the other part of it is because she doesn't want to fail in front of others when she's the queen of them all. The queen of the I'm just weirded out by the fact that she has a little hut. They all have huts. <laughs> yeah, I know why. Hers is it's the weird. best of the shitty huts. <laughs> So today I learned that there are uh, there's a multitude of fungus that is associated with witch stuff, witch paraphernalia. Okay. Hmm. Oh. I didn't care about any of it except the one for the witch's cauldron. Huh? Which looks like uh, half a turd with some water in it. And that is what I pictured <laughs> for the dragon huts. <laughs> I fungus? I got I a fungus lost called you somewhere. Witches, There's a fungus witches, that looks like a turd in butter? water that looks like a hut. No, it's <laughs> witch's butter. It's called witch's cauldron. Witch's cauldron, and it is witch's cauldron. How do you spell cauldron? That's how you spell it. Cauldron fungus. Whoa, witch's cauldron. And. I'm gonna eat it. It is loosely looks like a witch's cauldron. It's more like a like a leathery sack with water in it. Also uh, known as the charred pancake cup. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. Descriptive. 
And that is what I picture the dragons curling up in. Aww. I mean, I feel like that's much nicer than what they're living in, but... (laughs) Theirs is just sticks. (laughs) Held together by what? Unsure. Didn't really say. No, she complained of the lack of mud, so... (laughs) (laughs) Not enough mud. That's the Yelp review. Yeah. I mean, I get it, though. It's kind of like, even if a room was a perfect temperature, would I, I still like to have some type of blanket on top of me? Because it's not about warmth, it's about coverage. And so I feel like I would want some semblance of a building or, you know, shelter around me. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? Like, you, you walk into a space and you know whether or not you're it's like, okay, this sucks. better than nothing. Right, yeah. Because at least better you know, nothing. like, something can't creep up behind you and be, like, staring at you from behind. But you're a dragon. In this so, situation, you are a dragons dragon. Dragons don't want to be creeped upon. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, what if, like, one of those other, like, dragons, like, Valiper, comes creeping in the middle of the night? Like, nobody wants that. I guess so. I just feel like it's a little weird. I'm sorry, Bellifer. I don't remember if you were one of the creepy ones who tried to get <laughs> yeah. dragon raped just... earlier and like way back. If you in were the one of the rapey book. ones. Rachel, I'm gonna take you camping and I'm gonna sleep in no. a tent and I'm gonna leave you no. not in the tent and then you can tell me no. how you feel. <laughs> I've been camping and I don't wanna go back. <laughs> Um, all right, what else happened? Oh, Elise. Okay, so she is touring Kelsingra. Finally, we get to get a we get a decent look at the layout of this town, city. She finally sees some cool stuff and then she freaks <laughs> out about it. I'm like, bitch. I think she moves around docu- quite a bit. She's been documenting like spoons and like fucking, you know, yeah. pots and stuff, and then she finally goes into a theater and sees like magic in action and she cowers down and is fucking terrified like it's like ptsd or something my my theory for this is that robin hob wanted us to wanted to give us um a rooster crown shout out but not have to explain herself so (laughs) she did it but then she made elise too scared to like check out more (laughs) it's like there's that thing but don't think i'm going to explain any more than the nothing you already know and oh, I don't know if it was imagine? meant to, like, show her as an outsider, because, like, I feel like the elderlings would have been like, oh, look at how our magic is working, and she's not an elderling, and it terrified her. I don't know, but it just oh, seemed... that's a good insight. just seemed a little over the top and silly. She doesn't belong. She's not... It's not... The city is not for a mm-hmm. person like her. Yeah. Could you imagine her putting on the rooster crown and having all those voices in her head? She'd lose her fucking mind. <laughs> She'd legit go cuckoo. Would you? She, yeah. I mean, I think she. Well, maybe a couple minutes. Then she tries to pry it off. Maybe. No. I don't know. I want to believe in Elise. I think she's brave. I think she's. I I would also freak out. (laughs) For how curious she is, I and knowing that there is this magic, like it's not like she doesn't know magic exists and these things pop to life, like. She knows that the elderlings are based on their magical abilities and all these crazy things that they were able to do. It just seems like 
kind of a right and i don't think the rooster crown's that scary i mean at the end of the day it's really just like listening to us <laughs> rude <laughs> funny but i mean there was also yeah i mean there is a lot more there are a lot of characters in there but yeah i don't know um yeah right and and i i like that you went with chuck e cheese and not the one at the disney park with the muskrats and bears i was gonna say the ones at major magic but nobody knows what major Major magic Magic. (laughs) major magic so rachel and i grew up going to a like pizza fun house place called major magic and he was a major and he wore a little blue hat with a star on the top and there was like a really really big slide that you'd go and you like went down a giant spiral slide and there was a ball pit but it was like the equivalent of a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever but it was called Major Magic and I couldn't remember I believe the band was a motley crew of characters but I couldn't really pin down in my memories exactly who and I mean some of them were also like speak like they were living instruments yeah yeah like a giant drum. You don't remember this? Like I, I know you Our, remember the bear and the super yes. hot fox. Yeah, you remember the hot the fox? fox. <laughs> Foxy fox, you know. Um, but there were also like and a wolf and stuff, but there were like older pieces that had clearly been like for the generation before us <laughs> that were like scary, uh like living drums with faces. If Major Magic still exists and everybody's in the greater Detroit area, I just need to tell you <laughs> the game that you need to play at Major Magic's is called Big Bertha. <laughs> and Big Bertha is a woman who wears a very large pair of pants inside of like an arcade plexiglass kind of thing. And you're given little balls and you throw the balls into Big Bertha's mouth and you fill her up. But the ticket return is exceptional. And that's really where you're going to make all of your money to buy your prizes. I found a picture of the hot fox. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to, I have to send it to Elena. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) Hot fox. There you go. Those jeans. Uh, no, I think I prefer uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> foxes. I mean, def- this one, he's like more rock and roll, though, you know? <laughs> well, because it's the rock and roll rebellion. You're going to need to of post course. this in our story so people have context. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to be talking about. Uh... Lester's Possum Park from Goofy Movie, which is, I guess, basically just Chuck E. Cheese. But Possum Park is way better because they're alive. <laughs> Major Magics is permanently closed. Oh god! Oh. No. <laughs> A victim. Wait, Major Magics was still like going. Uh, the article oh. I'm reading was in 2020 that it closed. <laughs> what? Wait a hold it. Jesus. Yo, I gotta send you this terrifying photo of Mr. Magic, though. You missed oh. the estate sale. You could have <laughs> bought the fox. The hot fox could have been ours. Could have been it. Damn it. Yep, they sold the characters. Oh my gosh, my parents will be devastated, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, somehow assuming it had closed, like, you know, 20 years ago wasn't a big deal, but then finding out it had made it all this time only to get killed by the fucking pandemic. I mean, that's kind of sad. That's, that's a drag. really sad. That's super drag. Anyway, Major Magix is where Elise was, and she got really scared, <laughs> and then she left. <laughs> <laughs> and she went to the clock tower that we all know and love as the only landmark in Kelsingra. And the mat tower. The mat tower, the clock tower, it's the same. It's a tall, skinny object uh, with a BL room at the top and a, <laughs> a broken window. It's now known as the BL room. There's <laughs> no way he didn't leave a scent. So I'm, I'm going to ask, did anybody besides me go to a college that had a really prominent um, like tower like that? Because oh, yeah, me. Okay, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's like a standard feature at all like universities, but it definitely was at UT where I went. And so you could always, as long as you could see the UT tower, you could navigate. So like, I get it. Why like Kelsinger has this one landmark that everybody looks at. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Anywhere on the 40 acres, you can see that, that fucking tower. Well, this actually gets to my next question. So I feel like Elise covers a lot of ground in this chapter, Uh, and I'm wondering (laughs) if she's on foot. How big and impressive is Kelsingra, really? (laughs) They say it's humongous. Right, but she's walking all over the fucking place in like three hours. Yeah, but I mean, like, think about how many miles you can walk in a few hours. Like two. Well, okay. Anybody oh. besides Rachel. Soldiers are marching at like 18 to 22 miles a day. So that's like yeah. soldier march. And, you know, like no. normal oh, hiking no. enthusiast is going to be like what? somewhere 10 to 15 miles in a day. Like Nobody that's... walks for fun. Okay. Well, when I, on my lunch day. break, I go for a walk and I walk about three miles and I do it. I, I, I normally am about like 14, 15 minutes a mile. Yeah. I had to get my hair cut the other day and it was 0.9 miles and I, I honestly was like, should I take a lift? <laughs> if you lived in Texas I didn't. Oh my god. If you lived I in didn't. if you lived in Texas, it would have been unquestionably been a been something you drive to. Like <laughs> Right. Well actually the time that we were in Texas uh, for the Game of Thrones convention and Joey and I were like, let's just walk around and we were like, Do people not walk here? Because nope. everyone looked Don't. at us like we were insane. <laughs> We walked that around was all a downtown. Very weird feeling. Yeah, it was like we walked around downtown <laughs> Dallas, and everyone was like, "Are you okay?" They would like, like try to like help us. They would like pull over and be like, "You guys in a need to like we're on a sidewalk. We're like walking in a town." <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, Indianapolis has like four blocks in the very downtown heart of it that actually have sidewalk, and the rest of it you have to drive to get anywhere. God, that was depressing. Like there, are, there are like no sidewalks anywhere. Who is the city planner? What the fuck? Well, Kelsingra's sidewalks are—they are jamming. They move you faster than you even understand. It's they that thing at the airport. Yes, like the horizontal <laughs> escalator. Belt. But actually, there was another. There was another. Um, in another trilogy, I feel like there was a sidewalk like that that moved when Fitz was walking around in Kelsingra. This is my memory. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. The skill road makes you like think like you're. Gets you in the mindset, <laughs> right? So you walk faster as you daydreaming on the road. 
Making my way downtown. <laughs> Walking. Walking. <laughs> Walking. Which I don't know if you guys follow, like, I listen to Vanessa Carlton on the regs, but, like, her now music, not her teenage music. And she's a fucking incredibly musician. Like, so talented. And I feel like that song just haunts her, even though it paid for, like, a lot of stuff in her life. It's still paying her, because it's on TikTok every other... Well, TikTok doesn't pay her shit for that, but she makes money from other things. These TikTok, they don't make money from all their songs going viral on TikTok? No. Oh, that's wrong. Um, oh, and then Elise uh, decides to go out onto the ledge of a building inexplicably. It was a little nerve-wracking because, as I said in the beginning, she's depressed. Well, like, if Saimara had decided to do that, I would have been like, that's within her character. She climbs on things, mm-hmm. like, she explores. But, like, Elise, like, I'm going to walk out a window. And, wa- like, well, what are you doing? I know. And it's windy and rainy. I'm like, girl, get your ass inside. I'm klutzy as hell. Uh-huh. Yeah, no way. I'm the person who, like, when I'm alone at home, I hold my scissors in the safety position. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would never take such a risk. <laughs> Which is why I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> never. I would never do that. It's horrifying that Elise did that. She was just so curious. She had to know maybe whoever broke that window left their name in graffiti on the outside of the building. <laughs> Rapscow was the here. Chivalry farce here. Verity is cool. Right? <laughs> but no keep one's ever forever. But keep. But keep, bitches. Awful. We're just the worst. I'm so sorry. Chapter eight. Let's just end it all. We're just <laughs> we're not even. We're just, keep it moving. Right. Keep it moving. I don't think. I don't honestly. Do people even listen to us for the content? I'm not sure. <laughs> no. What <laughs> else are they listening <laughs> for? Uh, they're listening for my honey, honey smooth voice, Ashley. Of course and, they are. You know. Oh, this is a- ASMR. And your, and your perfume you know. recommendations. Yes. <laughs> And you're singing. And <laughs> we do have a content warning for chapter eight for um, a, a slightly rapey situational uh, scene. It's quick and then it's over, but it's there if you are. Yeah, I don't following know, along. I don't know if I even called it out, so we'll see. Great, perfect. I'll see what I, I we just blaze right wrote. over that shit. Like what? <laughs> Blind reading my own my own writing because I have no idea like what I said. Chapter eight: Other Lives. Verb mail. That fucking Nart Kim is outraged that Tatozi implied he was the source of the lice problem. He goes on a rant about how it's just because he's a tattooed and the Rainwilders are bigots and oathbreakers, and she's just mad he did better than someone in her family or social circle to become head bird keeper at Kasserig and sticks out his tongue. Actually, he calls her a scale faced ch- boy chested lizard B word and vows to destroy her and Eric and their little, little birdies too. <laughs> Guessing he didn't get a save the date card. Uh, the chapter opens <laughs> with Cedric being very unself-aware. He's reflecting on how it's the second day without rain. Cue a quick flashback to him and Carson wondering why the elderlings lived in such a shitty climate. And Carson saying, sometimes spit dreams of something special here that I can't quite remember yet. And, ha- and 
Cedric goes on to think more about how hard it sucks to do manual labor all the time and live in a hut without glass for windows and smell mildewed clothes and tanning animal hides all the time and haul water and firewood for himself, all without sparing one single thought for the people who had to do all of that for him in his fancy Bingtown life. Sheesh. Like, dude, it's not that nobody does this. It's that you didn't have to do this or see it or smell it. Like, you quit being a Anyway, Carson's already hard at work banging something besides his hot coppery scale BF, and when Cedric goes out to investigate, he sees Carson trying to put in a new window with some super thin deer hide he made out of love for Cedric. In what we definitely hope is not foreshadowing, the window won't fit and the hide splits in the stress, and Carson, defeated, kicks that POS and goes away to sulk. Cedric, of course, just compares this to Hest and is like, oh... So this is what it feels like not to be blamed for physics. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> then they have a conversation that basically goes, Carson, I'm afraid if I can't give you any finer things, you're going to lose your will to live. Cedric, so you're saying you think I'm weak. Carson. I didn't say weak. I said you have a low instinct for self-preservation. <laughs> <laughs> you're, really, you're really not a survivor, you know? Cedric, I'm pretty sure that's just a longer way of saying weak. Carson, I love you. <laughs> 100% a conversation that Joey and I have had. <laughs> How many six can you just carry, Rachel? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> but more than you could last month, sweetie. That's all that matters. <laughs> I hope it could be less. Uh, then, they talk about whether it's a good strategy to try and motivate their dragons into training to fly by starving them. Spit is enough of a scab that Carson thinks he needs tough love, but Relpta's temperament is different, and she, like Cedric, would just give up and die if no one ever took care of her, so... He definitely should not use that tactic with her. Then we jump to Thymara and Rapscal, riding double on Hebe to get across the river because she's hunting so much that she's big enough for that now. Thymara is not into it and is basically ready to go back before they've even gotten off the ground. But Rapscal is like, no, no, we're already halfway there because well begun is half done, you know, and convinces her not to jump off the dragon before they get to Kelsingra. At which point she is maybe a bit too eager to jump off and has the world's worst landing. She's having a moment trying to take in the reality of what everyone in the world who isn't a Rainwilder means when they say city, while Rapscal starts explaining that the Elderling city is for them to use as Elderlings to learn what they need to do and to learn Elderling magic. Like, Tale of Newt, Tongue of Frog magic? Haha, <laughs> no, that's silly, real magic! Okay, but what does that mean, Rapscal? Oh, just let me show you and it'll all make sense. When Thamara realizes he means going into memory stones, she gets mad because they were forbidden back in Jahog, and he says, they only drowned people, the people we knew because they were humans. We're elderlings now. Come on, I'll show you. This time she decides to make a conscious choice not to be bound by the old rules and says, okay. He takes her to a certain house that has a series of columns, each with a his and a hers button, and, Thimara, and tells Thamara if she hates it after the first try, he'll let it go. So they step up and put their hands on the stone. Sintara, meanwhile, is hungry. Hungry! 
angry, angsty. Where is her keeper? Not keeping her promises to feed and adore her dragon, that's for sure. Humans, who needs them? Oh, wait, she does, because she can't fly and hunt for herself. <laughs> Only Hebe is truly free, and she spends her time letting humans ride her. Ugh, the indignity. Centaura would rather eat her keeper than play horse. But, wait, where is her keeper? Thymara has suddenly disappeared from her mind. So quickly, Centaura didn't even feel a distressed thought. No warning that she was about to die. The explanation is obvious. Hebe ate Thymara, or dropped her into the <laughs> river. That's it. Centara is done with everybody's goddamn bullshit, and she is going to murder Hebe right now for having the audacity to eat Centara's keeper. Thymara was the best one, and if anyone was going to get to eat her, it was Centara. Ugh, the nerve of that red slag! Centara's rage <laughs> takes her beyond ego, beyond pride, beyond fear, beyond failure. She has one She's mission. She's a Sith now. <laughs> <laughs> she is red. Wait, no, she's blue. Never mind. I was like, her eyes swirl red, though. I do that, that detail was there. She has one mission, and that is to find Hebe and kick her high-flying ass. Eyes a-swirling. She takes aim for that hillside, and she runs down it, and she flaps her wings. A flap, 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 whap, snap, slap! And she is off the ground, flying! She doesn't even wait around to hear how impressed everybody is with her, because suddenly she is starving. Hebe can wait. This queen needs beef now. Where's the beef? Somebody should be giving her <laughs> stickers. Luckily, she finds a flock of mountain sheep or goats or something fluffy with horns and manages to take two of the dumb ones who stay behind looking at the dragon, wondering what that ever-increasing shadow means. She hunts. She hurts one coming down and basically lands on the other, eats that one in two bites, and then goes back to savor the one that was only wounded. What a feast! And now she must nap. Ah, God damn it, not another long chapter. I thought this one ended with Centara. So, okay, we are back with Thymara, and she is getting to experience life as someone named Amarinda, who is in love with Talator, who is not her normal sort of boyfriend. She decides to play a stupid test of his devotion and waits in a garden, hoping, hoping he'll choose her over his buddies in the card table and the foreign temptress who just got to town. Just as she's giving up for the night, he finds her, saying he's been all over town trying to figure out where she was, and they are so hot for each other, they aren't even going to make it back to her house. And he just paid off the public house staff because they were trying to close anyway. Thymara pulls out <laughs> of the memory with this signal of distress, danger, but can't register it because she's too hot and bothered by the trance of being Amarindo with Teletor. She calls Rapscal by the wrong name, and he's like, it's cool, but my name really is still Rapscal. Hey, let's bone, because now I know how to do it, and you can tell how good it will feel, so you don't have to be afraid of it, like Jerd said you are. And Thymara's like, excuse? Why did this come up with Jerd? And he's like, I mean, I wasn't having a conversation. It was just something she said about you, you know, to other people, and I was right there and happened to hear it. Okay, letting that humiliation go, Thymara says, I'm not afraid of sex. I'm afraid of copying a baby, dum-dum. This is not the time and place. Thymara is super mad at Rapscal for not defending her and at everyone else for talking about her and at herself for being across the fucking river and she has to hold on to him to get home. And then suddenly she's overcome with a sense of, like, icy cold, no breath, cold, stabby knife, dying. Ah, Centara! Scream. She's drowning. She's fallen in the river and she's drowning. What a cliffhanger. A thick, lovely, wonderful book. And off you go. I'm my, 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 my,
I'm doing all the I'm arm. Flying. I'm arm dancing to this. I'm flying. Look at me way up high. So and you want to go to the flying. Grammy parties and not the fucking Tonys? <laughs> Please. Please. Is Mary Martin going to be there? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to table the weird pornographic scene (laughs) and we're going to (laughs) go talk about how Carson is not as good at making skin windows as Fritz was. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he was trying to make some kind of artisan, you know, it's it's an extra thin, you know... Like those, what are those sliding, uh, like the Japanese doors that slide uh-huh. and they're made of paper? I feel like he was trying to make something like that, whereas Fitz's was just a, a flap. First yeah. off, Fitz's was really nice. He like put it off. So it was an upgrade for the. It was an upgrade for the cabin. He like <laughs> thought about it. He planned it. He executed it. He did it, and he made the cabin nicer. We're not saying he didn't do any of those things. <laughs> He just has more practice with making those kind of windows. I mean, other people are like... Buckkeep didn't have glass. glass. Of course he excelled (laughs) in making fucking skin windows. (laughs) If you hate all of these topics, (laughs) please join me across the street where we'll be talking about the very nice heron that I saw today. I once rescued a great blue heron outside of my work. I took him to a... I took him in my car... To the bird rehab center we have in Charleston. He was magnificent. Did he frill at you? Bring his frills out? He was very, he was in a bad way. And I received news later that he passed. But I appreciated them reaching out to me to let me know in a kind fashion. Anyways, skin windows. (laughs) (laughs) You know... I feel like I'm lacking in this department. I have dabbled in woodworking as of late as a homeowner in an old, old house. And I really need to brush up on my skin windows because one day I might need that skill. I'm proud of Carson for trying and it's not his fault that that house had bad structure and was <laughs> cockamamie and he couldn't fit a square into a not square. He or was set up for failure. I think that what happened is that Robin Hobb was like, you know what? I made Carson too hot. I talked up the muscles. I talked up the smile. <laughs> he had to have twinkly a flaw. eyes. He's got a. He's just. He can't be better than Fit Chivalry Farseer, my main character. So, because nobody had... else is better than Fitz. Not right. Nobody. And what's the what? And what says? And what is Fitz's like grandest, most accomplished skill? And it's. It's making it's making that fancy window out of skin. You know? So, what do you think Cedric would make of Fitz? I don't know. <laughs> he I probably mean, like, like he, he smells very bad. I was gonna say if you could only just see him and not smell him. Well, if he could only just see him, then he would be uh, overwhelmed by his man beauty and his sex. I was gonna say like if he was like dressed in in like the fool's clothes and, and had bathed. Yeah, he, he people stop what they're it. doing. They forget they're slack jawed. They drop their silverware. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking like seeing it. a seeing a celebrity in real life levels of like 
beauty. So it's just shocking. So I, I think this was really just Hob, you know, setting expectations. Carson, he's great, but he's great for, you know, where he is. He is not the greatest. <laughs> He doesn't excel at living in tiny cabins out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Exactly, exactly. Like he, built he's, for this. you know, he's top tier, but he's not the tippity top of that tier. Don't forget. <laughs> this would be like Kelsen Graf in here. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't bring my wolf through the pillar. It's not good. Radio never stops. It's awful here. <laughs> I just have that song stuck in my head now. Oh, look at me way up here. Suddenly here I am. I'm flying. I'm flying. No, now you sound you sound like Willy Wonka. (laughs) (laughs) She says it so flat though. It's like such a weird, creepy, like I don't know. It's always struck me since I was a child. Uh, uh, well, moving on, moving on. Um, so yes, Carson and Cedric have a little heart to heart about Carson finally admitting that he thinks he, I don't think I can keep you in the uh, condition that you have become accustomed to. I thought it was really interesting that Carson was not like, I'm afraid you'll go back to Casperic, and it was like, I'm afraid you'll kill yourself. <laughs> I'm like, you went real dark there. Like, there's a boat that will take him home. I don't know. I just, I that, that conversation fucking killed me. And Cedric's like, just say it. Just say you think of fucking weak ass. And Carson's like, no, I'm like, it's not that. It's just, it's just all these other things. And he's like, you're saying I'm a weak ass. Like, you just don't have a will to live. I mean, there's a difference. <laughs> but he loves him. It's fine. It's fine. He's making him windows. I think I think it's somewhat healthy that Carson knows that like Cedric can't just live yeah. like base his whole life around him. Like yeah. you can't like I can't be your everything. You have to find your own purpose and you have to, you know, find your own fulfillment. I can't do that for you. Yeah. yeah. I hope there's some growth in the next book of like Carson and his window making. <laughs> I mean, Maybe I, I Cedric to... could become a cobbler and, you know, Carson uses skins for windows and Cedric uses skins for fashion. I mean, I think that they could definitely, like, corner the market on useful items in Kelsingra and get, <laughs> you know, very wealthy if they put their minds to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to disparage uh, Cedric too much because, like, you know living in harsh conditions kind of sucks like it really does and what being in survival mode really sucks and they're i mean even if it's better than it was they're still in a kind of survival mode they don't have enough to eat they don't have an adequate shelter they don't have you know um what any of them kind of would consider the normal civilized amenities of life like literally the only people who've enjoyed like this little hut village they found were elise and left <laughs> and everyone else is like just making do instead of having um a honeymoon <laughs> so. right right well some people are people 
I say people. Some people are uh, thriving in in this type of uh, crucible. We have Centara finally taking flight because she's so mad that she wants. To... <laughs> I honestly, can relate to that because rage. Yeah, I mean, rage fuels me to do amazing fucking things. I grow from rage weekly, so yeah. I I relate to that as well. Honestly, I can't get anything done unless I'm pissed. Rage so. is my best fuel for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like it's either I'm a, I'm it's a nap or it's real mad. That's the, that's the only <laughs> nap. <laughs> Napping. I'm Centara. I'm basically Centara. Am I asleep in a mud hut or am I raging through the skies? <laughs> but like gonna eat Hebe? That's that's rude. <laughs> I love that she went, got dark so fast on that. Motherfucker ate my lady. That was her conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> like either Hebe was so dumb she didn't notice her fall into the river or Hebe was so dumb she got hungry and forgot she shouldn't eat people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad that Hebe is like, you know, thought of as so dumb and is just like a fucking taxi cab you know like <laughs> just use them to shuttle back or her back and forth and then is a dumb dumb well she has no dragony pride you know Seems so, for some reason her her association with rapscal has stripped her of her uh, her pride they're just i would like to point out that they saw in that vision quest thing of the elderlings they saw with the dragons carrying people in like in battle or whatever battle mode so, like, do it. Yeah, yeah, they do it. Centara has, I think, skewed ideas of what a dragon is based on very limited knowledge in which she has filled the gaps and made herself feel much more important than she probably actually is. <laughs> there were also those depictions of dragons carrying people in baskets. Like in baskets? Little... Yeah. Yeah. What a way to fly. Maybe maybe that is much less demeaning to a dragon to carry you around like you're a little baby doll or something. <laughs> Do you want your hot air balloon to hate you? Like the dragon equivalent of first Right, it's humans still are pets. a step up of being carried in a claw. I bet Rain would have liked that basket. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been so much. Its poor little ribs were getting squished. <laughs> And also just more comfortable for the dragon because, you know, landing is difficult. So they can just kind of like plop you on the ground and then go land. Mm -hmm. They don't have, they don't have to like balance you. Yeah, but then they have a basket attached to them. Is it attached or do they just hold it? I, I kind of envision it as like being in their mouth, but it would probably make way more sense for it to be like around their neck or like their chest or something. Balance. So that they can spit acid and not disintegrate the straps of the basket in their mouth and have it plummet <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> I feel like you'd also want it to be attached so that, like, the dragon just accidentally dropped the basket. Yeah. Like, ooh, I get hit with an like arrow. Or, like, they yawn yeah. and then it's just, like, falls to the ground. <laughs> in a moment of abstraction. <laughs> like, ooh, there's an elk. Bye. Yeah. Ooh. Blah. Hope you survive. Blah. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of trust there that's not present with our current partners. That's not the kind of trust fall you want to do. No, no, no. no. 
I went to and when you're middle school where I grew up, we went to the mountains and we went to this place called Camp Greenville. And you would go and they'd split up the boys and the girls and you'd do all these trust activities. And when it came to the trust fall, you had to stand on top of like a picnic table and have like four people catch you when you fell. And the camp counselor was like, it's your turn. And I was like, no, ma'am, it's not. (laughs) And she was like, no, you have to. And I was like, the fuck I do. (laughs) And she was like, if you don't do it, you have to sit out for the rest of the day. And I was like, which tree stump would you like me to sit upon? (laughs) It's like, I will not be doing this. And being rewarded. Great. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of someone who is uh, not being rewarded for uh, participating in the camp uh, activities is Thaimara being unwittingly pulled into a porno viewing. Right? (laughs) It's so weird. He's like, I desperately need you to see this. How many times has he watched it by himself? Right? (laughs) I don't understand. Like, I I totally think I I get what he's saying. Like, hey, we need to get the the memories from these pillars because that's important and it will teach us about elderly. That's a and all different that. movie. But like, why is that the first thing he has to? Yeah, show? a fucking dick flick. What use is that? Well, okay. So to be fair, it, like he made it clear there was a whole series of like like parts to their story. So I think it's something about like maybe what happens later is what's so important. But yeah, like the opening but was they could have skipped that part. But he's a hornball, he's a teenager, you can't really fault him. The for only it. useful part of that was baskets. I also like the again. Uh, what's this character do? He tells you stuff. So Telator. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I think you've discovered her naming it. I mean, for sure. To be fair, her naming conventions for the six duchies just just literally words. <laughs> that's true words that you want to have the character embodied with and it will either be true or ironic <laughs> regal classy <laughs> athletic <laughs> this is my daughter athletic that's what Cedric's mm. name is it's ironic <laughs> <laughs> do you think the Bingtown people ever play the like what's your six duchies name Game. <laughs> do you like they write it down and then they fold the paper and then they like do the like star thing and then they pick and then they count and, yeah so that's happening uh and i am uh sorry to say that that is not the last we'll see of that uh sure and then we move on to uh you know a little cliffhanger So what happened to I love that you said a cliffhanger and then somebody yawned. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late. I'm tired. The greatest cliffhanger of all times. Yawn. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like she's fallen down. She's not as great at flying as she thinks she is. Can she swim? She's not mad anymore because she got her 
yeah. you know, um, got fed and she probably, you know, as soon as Thymara came back into her mind, she's like, oh, you're not dead. Okay. I'm not mad anymore. She probably like was overthinking it and who knows, but also like she might've just been tired. You she's can't... also traumatized by the river because she fell in it once. Yeah. But she swam in the river all the way there. It should be something she's quite. But this is not with. the but same river. river. Is, it, yeah, it's this is like a. Current. This is like yeah. It's gotten big and deep and scary, allegedly. Like rapids. Yeah. Like they can't touch the bottom. She just needs to get herself an inner tube, and then you know, right? Some little wing floaties. Some floaties. Little floaties. Little floaty wings for them wings. Uh, styrofoam, you know, ice chest of beer, and put just float on down that shit. It'll yeah, great. You guys, go if you guys go ever want to come down, we'll go float the Edisto. You tie up together, you get a cooler of beers, and you just ride. And when the alligators come up, you just ignore them. <laughs> the Galators. It's fine. The Galators. Yeah. I have a better idea. Let's do it in Texas where there's no fucking alligators. Yeah, I'll do it. Let's go. <laughs> Sign I'm not me saying up. that there's not alligators. By the way, I'm not saying there's not alligators in Texas, but the rivers you go float in Texas are like more like Texas hill country rivers, and there's definitely no alligators. How about water moccasins? Do you guys have those? It's uh, ugh. Yeah. You're not selling it. <laughs> I mean, we have both, All right. but it's still a win. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be in some kind of contained bubble. But well, look, in in Roteland, there will be no actual Galators. There is acid. No, though. we will have Galators we... because you know what? We need to thin the population. Okay, <laughs> get out of the river. The Galators are out. The that said, if we're thinning populations, I don't want it to be Robin Hobb fans. Like there are no, there. Are... So yeah, yeah, I take it back. The elderlings, you know, come to the... They'll be animatronic. It's fine. <laughs> That's exactly. what happened to Major Major Magic. Yeah, All yeah. right. Every episode prompts. This be my crew, character introductions and exits. Wow, we, we've seen uh, old faves. We got Malta. We got Rain. And we got some new guys. We got Hest. He's Goody. new. Uh-huh. He's not new. new. New POV. You know, there's a second Chalcedian guy in the Rain Wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just the Chalcedian. Somewhere. Somewhere out in the blue. This is the musical podcast. <laughs> Speaking of that guy, Shady Business Adventures, who is being shady? That fucking Nart Kim is being shady. That so did you jerk. Th- were you surprised when Kim was revealed as uh, an immigrant? <laughs> um, sorry. Immigrant. It made me sad. Yeah, I kind of didn't like that. I, 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 I just want to hate Kim for being shitty. And now that yeah. I know that Kim is being you know yeah it's is a victim of prejudice but i kind of stigmatizing and yeah obviously that is why maybe kim doesn't make as much money or kim is isolated or you know doesn't feel any loyalty because it's not offered yeah he's not getting a love story right exactly 
Well, maybe maybe he Kim is. was in love with the Tozy. Tozy never that noticed. That's not the case. I don't believe that. <laughs> Kim was dutifully breeding a beautiful bird that the Tozy didn't like. I will just say to Kim that you need to choose happiness. <laughs> it sounds cliche, but I believe in it wholeheartedly. And Absolutely. Kim is not choosing happiness. He's choosing to be a jackass. That's true. Don't be a Kyle. Or a Hest. Oh my gosh, you guys. I had a run-in with a Kyle this week, and I was like, motherfucking Kyle! Those <laughs> <laughs> fucking jerks! Uh, what a tangle. What are the dragons doing? Flying, swimming, drowning. Being hungry and angry. Being a lift. Yeah. Express train to Kelsingra. Beware the closing doors. <laughs> Mind the gap. Irrational need to murder the other one when they make wrong conclusions. Well, this is also indicative of like maybe this is why the uh the the planet, whatever this planet is, has never been overrun with dragons. <laughs> Perhaps they are uh self self-limiting continually kill each other in a jealous rage yeah maybe they're just really aggressive species and so because of that aggression uh and their and their low their low survival rate from egg to adult they're just kind of like just maintaining and those mating battles well i mean they if you're fighting 100 feet off the ground that's bad (laughs) throwing throwing your your uh, opponent to the ground that's 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 a long way not a good trust wall <laughs> nope no one's catching you especially not centara who doesn't care <laughs> this is why no one was there to catch her either right she's just hitting that water speaking of boats we didn't really see tar man we saw the river snake we got we saw the river snake who is appears to just be a regular boat a regular ass boat. No tail. Heard about those impervious ships. Oh yeah, that's made true. of yeah. from Bingtown. Made of iron or something. Iron. Ironside. No, they have like a coating. <laughs> a resin ship, three D printed. Uh, so uh, who knows what's going on there, but... Um... Yeah, by the way, that, that that was a collaboration with someone from the Pirate Isles. And I'm like, I wonder what uh, King um, or Queen Etta and, you know, Queen Etta Consort, uh, the nine, Nine-Fingered Slave Boy, think about that. Because that's definitely going to be interrupting the trade up and down the... Uh, Rainwilds. <laughs> well, definitely, they want to trade. They want to. They want. They want money. They want to be able to advance themselves, and they are definitely in the way of the traditional Chelsea to Jamelia to Bingtown uh, triangle. Uh, and finally, dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamelia. Everybody has expired fashions. <laughs> Do you think the skin window falls under animal husbandry? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They're, are they doing husbandry now, or is it just they're just killing things? Yeah, I think that's just something they hunted. I don't think they're like starting to do the domesticated herds of stuff yet. 
I think they need to order it, yeah. right? They were going to order sheep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so unless we're, you know, calling, like, Cedric Carson husbandry, which is maybe not quite the... <laughs> I was going to say, he's yet. making a window to gain a husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thymara is definitely still growing and trying to actively make decisions that are not based on rules that she didn't set for herself so that's also nice yeah Yeah. i liked that she was both like cautious and then also willing to critically think about okay let me consider this rule and why it was in place and whether it needs to apply here and to at least like be willing to try it once so Mm -hmm. she's starting to be shrewd in her decision making thrown off that good girl uh, thing so she can actually like think yeah Jenny go I was just going to say do you think the idea of the elderlings putting their memories into the stone for future elderlings is a, is a cool idea They just need yeah to but again organized. is it really is it just like YouTube is it like movies or is it like a library like it just seems very it seems very disorganized disorganized if yeah, that was like their random. if that was their plan so yeah it's like how are you it's like okay well I want to learn how to do a thing how do you find that you can't there doesn't seem to be organization like is the is it like you go to the you know whatever thing and you like you know touch a memory stone it's like a museum and it tells you because that's how right. she'd be. Right. Like, oh, do you want to learn about, like, uh, farm animals? Do you want to learn about architecture? You know, like, like big headings. Nothing. It's just, oh, here's some porn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe that's the highest art in Kelsingra. I don't know. <laughs> so, reminder for the next reading section. We're going to do City of Dragons chapters 9 through 12. Um chapter nine does have some more pregnancy related anxieties and also i'm putting in a content warning for chapter 10 which uh will involve scene of uh labor so it's it's upsetting yeah Uh, but anyway uh this has been buckheap radio you can email us at buckheapradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email on air i'm rachel you can find me at darth rachel on twitter and darth underscore rachel on instagram I'm Alyssa. I'm online at alyssameaner.com. Uh, I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Faceless Frey on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. I'm Elena, you can find me at Soft Elena. I'm moving that there is no spoiler talk. I'm flying. Cool. Mostly because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Fine, we're at two-hour recording. It's going to be long even without spoilers. Yeah, cool. Oh, so no, spo- no, no spoilers for this one. We'll think of something good for next Fuck episode. Fuck your spoilers. It's, it's Friday. We're all out of whack. There's we went your too intro. Long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just overlay... Yes, all of the songs from this episode into one terrible song. And that's <laughs> terrible. Who you call a terrible? Excuse me, if you don't like this particular memory stone, then you should just move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs>
I will start singing this songs for Wicked. <laughs> Why are all these vapory stones just poured? All of them are poured. They're like, you know what? This is the best we got. Like, just fucking bone each other. Fuck magic. Just have sex. Sex is magic, you guys. Sex magic. No. I'm leaving. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to offend. We drove everyone away. <laughs> Nice having listeners. Yeah. Bye, everyone.